As business owners, entrepreneurs, family men, it's difficult for us to find the time to put together projects like these. Even though it's something we really want to do, unfortunately, taking care of the things we have to take care of comes first. However, because of viewer support for people like you, we're able to continue doing this. Please consider joining our Patreon and supporting the Burn and Return podcast. covering news from the agricultural and turf grass industries. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Burn and Return. I'm going to be your host. My name is Matt, the Grass Factor Martin. Alongside me, I've got two very special people. That would be Mr. Ryan DeMay and Mr. Rayito. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing on this wonderful Sunday evening? Matt, I'm breathing. That's the best I can tell you. <laughs> live. There's a there's a slim chance that my audio will make it all the way through here because I'm living life somewhere in between Land. Ohio and Hawaii, where Ray's uh, coconut Wi-Fi exists. And so, yeah, good day, great day. Thanks for being my help desk and uh, fixing my audio issues before the show. Which, if you do have Patreon, you would know about. And if you don't, you're probably wondering what the hell are these guys talking about ray had to sit there through it and referee the whole thing ray what do you think about <laughs> matt's tur- what do you think about matt, uh, matt's turkey call do you think he's gonna he's gonna get any uh I, coming up to him here I, I i love it i love it i mean speaking of turkeys matt this morning i had the unique pleasure of seeing the lawn that interrupted my biscuits and gravy on thursday <laughs> interrupted how's that no this guy calls me at about uh 9 30 in the morning uh you know freaking out because he nuked his uh Zeon Zoisha. oops and i got to look at it in person now here's a little bit of uh i guess incriminating evidence I found laying around, uh, I guess, you know, in his, uh, where he keeps his uh, gardening stuff, a couple of two-pound bags of 4600 urea. Oh, oh no. Sounds good. Yeah. S- and seemed like a good idea at the time, but. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then J Pink is, uh, you know, we were talking before the two of you got on and he was saying that does not sound good because he knows how small lawns are here in Hawaii. And I said, yeah, uh, I'm only going to guess what happened because his grass area or his turf area is literally only about 2000 square feet total. I don't want to know how much of that shit he put on. Ray, I can see the future, and it's got $6 square foot sod all over this yard. Or not. I mean, all I'd have to do is leach out the urea and 
dirt his lawn and regrow it. Because, by the way, Demi, I love my current mower setup because you know what that groomer is good for, too? Tearing the hell out of some stuff. When I have to dirt a lawn. Exactly. I love how Ray just turned the word dirt into a verb. He's like, yep, going to go dirt a lawn this weekend. <laughs> yep. Man, it's better than dirt and something else, right? <laughs> Is this thing on? Is this thing <laughs> yeah, <on>? it is. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, let's do a little housekeeping real quick. Uh, number one, well, there's going to be no Thirsty Thursday on Thanksgiving. Sorry, um, uh, we've we've got to uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of family time off on uh, for Thirsty Thursday there. But we have another star-studded cast following up right in behind it. So uh, don't worry. Uh, because we are we are ready to go all through winter, basically at this point. Uh, no 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 real issues there. If you would like to be on Thirsty Thursday, uh, J Pink told me not to do this, but I'm sorry, J Pink. Uh, <laughs> send us an email at mail at the grass factor. Uh, if you head over to oh, it's really the weird. You, you you cut out there. Uh, <laughs> what was that email address again? <laughs> <laughs> Says magic. Uh, you can go to the Grab TV and hit the contact us page, uh, contact and uh, and and send it over there. You may or may not get on the show at this point, just because it is so booked out, and we keep piling it on to J Pink. So uh, maybe maybe hold off until after the new year to start doing that. I think weren't those our specific instructions? Was let's not promote this until after the new year. I think is what he said. Um, Sorry. Something like that. I, 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 think, I think what he said, says was uh, after the lunar eclipse. I blink that was the instruction. So yeah, <laughs> we're good. We're good. Matt yeah. always uh, in school got does not follow directions. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, and yeah. but, however, we will have next week's burn and return. Uh, will be will be gravy train. So uh, no issues there. But uh, yeah, that the, the Thursday we'll see we'll see what what we can make happen on Friday. No promises yet, but um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and figure something out. But with that, gentlemen, let's go ahead and jump into this week's headlines. Gentlemen, this first one is the committee votes seven to one on bill banning parks and rec use of glyphosate based herbicides. And this is coming out of the Tribune Herald of Hawaii. A county council Gosh. panel on Wednesday advanced a measure to ban the use of glyphosate based herbicides at Hawaii County Parks and Recreation Facilities. The Council Committee on Climate Resilience and Natural Resource Management voted seven to one to forward Bill 91 with a favorable recommendation to the full council where it faces two more votes. Kahala Councilman Tim Richard tendered the lone vote in opposition. Introduced by Kona Councilwoman Rebecca Villegas, Villegas, I don't know how to say v that. Uh, the measure is intent, Villegas, Villegas. The measure is intended mm -hmm. to reduce the use of the broad-spectrum systemic herbicide by county workers and contractors at Hawaii County Parks and Recreation Facilities. Exempt from the ban would be the Hilo Municipal Golf Course, Hilo Drag Strip, and all Hilo. county cemeteries. Hilo. Golly, I am struggling. It is the second attempt by Villegas to stop county use of herbicides. In 2019, the city council passed a broader measure 
banning the use of Roundup and 29 other herbicides in areas owned or maintained by the county. Then Mayor Harry Kim vetoed the measure, and the county council was unsuccessful in garnering a supermajority to override that veto. The county currently uses glyphosate-based herbicides to control vegetation in public parks, fields, bikeways, sidewalks, trails, drainageways, and waterways, as well as along fence lines and roads. It is the most widely used herbicide in the U.S., commonly sold under the brand name Roundup. They quote something from the World Health Organization, and as we all know, and this is, let me tell you, I did a long write-up and, and presentation about this long before any of the, the COVID chaos, and I had a very, very negative um, uh, a stance on not only the World Health Organization, but also the IARC, which, uh, which are the ones that have smeared and turned glyphosate into something that it's not. Uh, glyphosate combined with the ingredients that are typically mixed in with it harms the health of humans, animals, plants, and microbes, said Corey Harden, testifying on behalf of Sierra Club, Sierra Club, Hawaii Island, in support of Bill 91. Can somebody take a look at Corey Harden's credentials? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure this guy is very, very well credentialed. In 2012, the American Academy of Pediatrics reported that childhood exposure to pesticides is associated with pediatric cancers, decreased cognitive function, and behavioral problems. In 2016, the Icon School of Medicine out of at Mount Sinai reported children are at greatest risk from exposure to hazardous pesticides because they're developing systems, smaller size, faster metabolisms. Children also get higher exposure than adults because they sit, lie, roll directly around on the ground, put their hands in their mouths. The pro uh, proposed measure also notes routine use of chemical could potentially subject county workers, the public, and wildlife to a high risk of exposure to glyphosate. Blah, blah, blah. Blah 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 blah. I mean, no real shock here. Do you want to know about? Is anybody stunned by this? What you? Nope. Do you want? Do you want to hear about Corey real quick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, mid to late thirties. Uh, grew up in Hilo. Educated here in the States, has a BA in mass communication and creative writing. He's currently a grant writer, communications manager for All One Ocean, local marine conservation nonprofit. Uh, Listen, oh, love, oh, lovely. Journalist, <laughs> a teacher, and a Peace Corps volunteer. Hey, thank you for your service. I'll say that. You know what? But, uh, and, and I can tell you one more thing about these people it's invariable that. They are always surfer hippies that don't have to work for a living. And then they get positions at these NGOs and then they proceed to tell people that actually have to work for a living what they can and cannot do. I see these kind of jerk offs all the time. <laughs> right. So I'm curious after yeah. I hear this, what, what impact does this have? Because the Big Island isn't much different than Oahu, right? In this, mm -hmm. it, for if, for this particular situation, so uh, we know we know all the stuff about glyphosate and how it's been very unfavorably positioned, right? But mm -hmm. from a practical standpoint, what does taking that away do in terms of managing turf grass and landscapes? Well, uh. I want this uh, hippie to uh, get off of his surfboard and start pulling and cutting weeds because that's what he's going to need to do. Because uh, you understand something about 
the Big Island, particularly the northeastern quadrant of the Big Island. The northeastern quadrant of the Big Island is literally one of the wettest places on Earth. So, uh, Ryan, things grow. Okay, and when I say things grow, uh, I'm talking about vegetation that would put kudzu to shame. Hmm. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Glyphosate, and do you know why glyphosate is the product that was selected by these municipalities and organizations that are contracted to do work within municipal grounds? Do you know why it was originally selected? Probably because it was the least toxic option amongst a exactly group of heavy hitting chemicals exactly. that don't really exactly need to be out because there. yeah because uh, to me. Uh, I'd like to know how big or how well it would go over if, say, take away glyphosate and for weed control in trim and edge areas and in landscape beds, instead, let's start spraying Dyquat and Runstar. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't <laughs> think that they understand why we use these things right and i don't want it to sound like hey you you know listen if you want to take it out then let's talk about what that means right let's talk about Mm -hmm. the consequences let's talk about where that leaves us right in terms of either the ability to use other chemicals to control and the risk that we're assuming there or if we're not going to do it the amount of labor it's going to take and or probably more like were uh what's going to change right because i'm sure there's areas that they're using you know in this particular case in in hilo and on the big island that if we don't have access to chemical control for weeds right for non-selective that's there's areas that simply just won't be controlled anymore it won't be managed the same way is that fair to say it'll yeah it'll turn into a jungle yeah it'll turn into a jungle and then the the main reason why Glyphosate is preferred is because my understanding is is that my idea of long-term vegetation control applications is not favored by municipalities due to the increased environmental impact because, for example, in order to control these areas, you're looking at the likes of, say, diuron Imazapir, sulfometron, uh, or worse, you know, just to keep those areas vegetation free. So, by comparison, glyphosate, a handful of times per year, starts to starts to become a a, a much more environmentally friendly alternative. Yeah, I, I again, I I see these things and. I I think there's a much more pragmatic way to go about it, right? Like to just blanket ban everything and say, "Hey, you can't do this anywhere at all." That's mm-hmm. a it's an easy way out for everybody, right? Yeah, I think there's and I have personal experience. Sure, I have I mean, personal experience me, because. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, right? Go ahead. 
Yeah, I have personal experience because let me tell you, there have been times when people find out that I'm not going to be using glyphosate, but then they research or find out what I actually do. They are then legitimately horrified. Oh, yeah. They're legitimately horrified because I tell, nope, I don't use a lot of glyphosate or Roundup because, for one thing, it's not the most effective weed control. However, here's some precautions. I have to clear the area. No children, no cats, no dogs. You know, and, you know, basically, I, I take precautions above and beyond the precautions that I take if it were just a glyphosate application. And I think that's fair. And I think that's like, again, the, the nuanced approach of otherwise saying, Hey, these areas over here that, you know, we, again, like what you're saying, we might only manage once, twice a year. Maybe we'll let those go, or maybe those will have to stay because there's no other way that they're not going to cause major encroachment from the jungle or some other area, right? Into mm -hmm. our space or flip it around and say, Hey, listen, we'll let those areas go, but uh, we don't have the labor to go around fence lines or ditch lines or whatever the case might be and, you know, treat those areas uh, with, you know, weed eaters or whatever kind of mechanical means or labor-wise that we would have to do. So we're going to spray there. What works in one place might not work in another place. And I think that's part of the thing that really bugs me about reading about these things of these just blanket bans is that, it takes all the nuance <clears throat> out. It takes trained professionals like us out of the mix entirely mm -hmm. because we're the ones who still have to maintain it. And it doesn't put anybody in a more advantageous position. Even even if you want to say that, hey, we banned the use of glyphosate. Well, you didn't ban the use of the stuff that's way more toxic, right, to the workers and to the people that are going to be around it, number one. Number two, you did nothing to really change or alter the way that these areas need to be maintained and managed which could be done too and lastly it doesn't address any of the major issues that are really there right like hey do we have these places designed correctly do we have these things laid out correctly do we need to have all this fence line do we need to have all these areas that need to be controlled is there something else that we can do and is our money and our time and our effort better spent on doing things like that they're going to be more long-lasting have a better impact right and all that stuff's just lost because it's just ban it. Just get rid of it. Fuck it. That's a and beautiful way to put it. Because when, when when you ask that question, my immediate thought is is how much mental illness has just permeated throughout uh, the the group think. And and why I say that is this is Corey Harden. This is his logic behind why we should be getting rid of of glyphosate, right? Bayer has seen the writing on the wall. In July, they announced they will end residential use of Roundup, and Bayer is setting aside $4.5 billion, that's with a B, to cover future lawsuits by people harmed by Roundup. Is the country setting any money aside for lawsuits from workers and residents harmed by pesticides? That is... That, that is <laughs> I don't, guys, I'm really holding my tongue here uh, because I want to... I wanna, kind of smashed my head on the keyboard at how ignorant of a statement that is. Oddly, uh, uh, Tim Richards here actually had a great, very valid, very logical kind of statement to this uh, a, little, a little bit after that. <clears throat> and uh, 
let's see. He said, Richard, who voted no on forwarding the measure with a favorable recommendation, took issue with the bill's purpose as written, noting he did not think the panel was qualified to make fi- make a finding that the chemical is linked to adverse health effects. We are not qualified to do that, he said. There's not a single person sitting up here that can make that determination. We have to rely on the experts. What a earth-shattering amount of logic to be applied there. To say, hey, you know what? We're probably not the most qualified people to make this determination. Meanwhile, we've got Corey Fuckface over here who says, well, they are settling lawsuits. Therefore, they, they know they're killing people. By the way, Matt. Do you know why then Mayor Harry Kim said no to the first ban? Do you know why Mr. Mr. Kim said no? It's no. because his his exact words were we are not qualified to make that judgment either. He's he he himself yeah. said the same he's because you know Harry you know you know who Harry Kim is? Harry Kim, a creative writing major. No, Harry Kim has had a lot of experience managing the Big Island as their mayor through all manner of catastrophes and natural disasters. Mm. Okay, I mean that guy was there when the damn volcanoes blew. That guy was there when when hurricanes hit the island. So, you know, that man knows something about people and I he doesn't strike me as a callous bastard that says, Oh, what's a couple of people dying from chemicals? You know, who gives a shit? No. Harry Kim actually cares. So but then he made that determination as well is that who is this committee? What are their qualifications to come to the adjudication that glyphosate is a hazard to public health? He says they're not qualified. <laughs> uh, it it it, it does it, it doesn't matter when you have enough people barking, you know. And like one of the other statements here was that they were being inundated on social media that uh, Hawaii parks and recs are poisoning the children via playgrounds and the use of toxic herbicides on playgrounds. So it's it's coming. It's oh, coming bullshit. from all angles. And listen, as a politician, right? What is the mm-hmm. least popular opinion that you can take when someone is approaching you with that? Be like. I'm not qualified to make that determination. Standing up and saying, I'm not qualified to make this determination. I'm not qualified to put a ban in place for something that I don't understand. is not a popular opinion. When people are telling you you're poisoning the children, you know, you you're, you're, you're poisoning the, uh, the, the playgrounds. It, it, so I get it. They, they don't, they don't want to want to tackle it head on because it doesn't look good from a political standpoint. At least Tim Richards has a, has a, a spine and uh, an ounce of dignity and self-respect that he can stand up and say, uh, you know what? We don't know. Let's ask some more qualified people than ourselves to try and figure it out. Maybe come to some sort of, uh, of, of, of mediation there where one side gives a little, the other side gives a little and everybody gets to play along nicely and happy together. Let's follow this up with the, Next one here, because boy, hasn't this been pounded into our MF and brains? Uh, 
Glyphosate herbicide does not call morta- cause mortality in bumblebees. Glyphosate is the most commonly used herbicide in the world and is widely used in agriculture. While glyphosate has been deemed bee safe by regulators, some emerging evidence uh, evidence studies suggest that it has a negative effect on bees. And for those of you that are not uh, kind of up to date on on what was previously cited regarding the bee thing, was that it affected some sort of gut enzyme. Uh, in in the bee that weakened its immune system and allowed it to be attacked by all these other things that are out there and effectively dropping the lifespan of the bees. However, a new studies by authors Edward Straw, Professor Mark Brown of Royal Holloway University of London expands the current knowledge on glyphosate. It examines the impact of glyphosate on previously untested species, the buff-tailed bumblebee, Bombus terrestris, and incorporates a bee parasite, uh, Crithidia bombi. And has never before been tested alongside glyphosate by using several different research methods from the field of uh, ecotoxicology. The authors observed that there was no significant effect on bee mortality when bees were exposed to glyphosate, the bee parasite, and low stressors together. In addition, no significant effect was observed for the reproduction or sucrose consumption. The findings provide solid evidence that oral exposure to glyphosate does not cause mortality in bumblebees. Inconclusive evidence was found as to whether glyphosate made parasite infections more intense. But either way, this is unlikely to be relevant at environmentally realistic concentrations. So here we go. We've got one that's claiming that we are poisoning the children. We're killing the children via the playgrounds. We're, we're out to, to, to bring down the youth of America. We're, we are toxic wastelands to kill them all. And then here we have an actual conducted research that says, eh, not so bad, especially when used at, uh, at label rates and uh, in realistic environmental exposure. Yeah, no, nothing really, nothing really there. Again, again, we're talking about the most researched herbicide in the entire world. At this <clears throat> point, I've taken such a hard stance that I almost hope I am wrong. I hope I'm wrong and that there is some sort of secret something or another out there that's going to come back and come to life. And sure enough, the reason why we have all the unexplained death in America, the reason why why horrific things happen can all be pointed back to glyphosate. And then I can say, you know what? I fucked up. And it all makes sense now. I now understand (laughs) tragedy that much better because unexplainable tragedy is a disgusting thing. It is horrifying. If we can all figure out through through uh, uh, scientific trials and evidence that unexplained tragedies derived from glyphosate, I'll be I'll be relieved and uh, and I'll have a lot of answers to a lot of questions that I have about life in general. No, so will I, Matt. So will I, because it's been drummed into me that, for example, the previous uh, you know pesticides of the nineteen eighties and the nineteen nineties are. Why we have, uh, you know, so much, uh, you know, neurological disorders in children. But, you know, my favorite thing from pop, pop culture, and I know you've seen this on the Discord, is you remember that South Park uh, meme for the AD, ADD cure? I, I've never seen South Park. I've never seen an episode. Okay, Ryan is laughing because he knows exactly what I'm talking about. He knows exactly what I'm talking about because prior to, I want to say, the 2000s, 
There was no such thing as autism. There was no such thing as ADD. Uh, back then, what it was called is you weren't obeying your parents. It was not called, it was not a psychiatric disorder that uh, required a lot of public funding or, you know, or medications or anything like that. No, it was, you're not obeying your parents, plain and simple. What, what was what was the old term they used to give women nervous breakdown, or uh, or uh, she's got a case of the I can't I can't, I can't no, remember yeah. from back in the fifties and down you know, menstrual just, menstrual yeah, hysteria yeah, menstrual yeah, hysteria yeah, yeah. that crazy that is like that right you know and, and that was uh, you know it's like nut stuff like that where but then it always chaps my ass. When there are people that have no scientific background and they want to blame everything on glyphosate, for example. And by the way, let me explain to you guys where and how glyphosate is typically even used on public grounds and in parks. They're only doing that on areas that are either hazardous or too time-consuming to manually cut. That's the only time and place they're using glyphosate. Other than that, they're not using it as a broadcast application. Never. From a Parks and Rec man himself, Ryan, where... What do you what do you what are you taking away from the Parks and Rec side of this, and then also from the B the B Safe side? Mm-hmm. Okay, so first on the bees, I think it's it's important to understand, right? Like that. Number one, there's been a lot of work that's come out on these topics in the last eh, ten years, right? Right. The whole point of the whole point of science is that it's never finished, right? So, how are we investigating this? deeper and deeper to truly understand it and do so in a way that's not, you know, concocted with uh, predetermined or preordained outcomes of a scientific study, right? So, and that's to say, uh, that's not saying that that's happening necessarily, but clearly there's a lot of emotion right now, right? Even emotion here, I'll admit, right? We get emotional about this, but it's emotional uh, in the sense of we're trying to err on the side of science and what it tells us currently, right? How dare everything else? Oh, I'm just saying, just saying. Just so it, it, here, you're absolutely right. That's the way that it's used, right? It's used as a as a means to um, control encroaching species, right? Invasive species, things like that. That uh, we have no better management tools, right? Whether it be mechanical and you know hand removal or otherwise to take care of, right? It's the simplest, easiest, cheapest, and best option that we have in many cases. So that all being said, you know, my, uh, what I think about here is, again, the, anytime that you enact change through bans, right, or just straight up prohibitions, there's always, always unintended consequences. It's, impo- it's impossible to not have unintended consequences because, again, you're taking all the nuance, right, and intricate details of that particular subject or issue and just 
cauterizing it. Boom, it's done. It's over. Right? So I wonder is what I wonder is, you know, down the line, five, ten years longer, right? What you know, what are gonna be the impacts to the landscapes, the parks, right? All these areas that we take, you know, we take care of right now. And certainly there's gonna be downstream impacts because how quickly can you know, these staffs that clearly don't have the labor to take care of these spaces, you know, as it is without using chemicals, you know, are, if they're bolstered, are they going to make the best use of their funds, right? If they're not bolstered, then what What do they do, right? They just let stuff go? And then what happens, right? Are we spending more money downstream, right? Or are we inviting more noxious weeds, more invasive species, uh, ticks, snakes, a bunch of other stuff, right? That people don't want. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. It's just like, you can't just take nature, right? And control it the way that we do as best as we can do, and then take tools out of our hands and expect to have the same result. It's just simply impossible. And so I think when people think about these bands, they're thinking about their children, they're thinking about themselves, they're thinking about their pets. And I don't think that they're wrong to think about those things. However, it's just like anything else in life, right? You enter some space and you assume some certain amount of risk, right? And you take the necessary precautions to protect yourself. So, you know, that is incumbent first upon the people that are applying those pesticides. By law, right, they have to take those precautions. So is there going to be a kid's soccer game, you know, hours after they're spraying herbicide on the field? No. No, there's not. There shouldn't be, and if there is, then somebody should be held accountable for that, right? Now let's look at it from a chronic standpoint, right? What you know, what's more likely to happen, right, from a chronic standpoint that somebody is exposed to one of these other issues, right, that we talked about downstream of whether it's invasive species, noxious weeds, ticks, fleas, vectors, spiders, mosquitoes, vectors, Mosqui- mosquitoes, Mos- that, that they're more impacted by those, right? Than the original issue that, that we were trying to, to deal with, right? I think that you're in much greater risk for things like that, that again, are the unintended consequences of taking a stance that it just all has to go, right? And we didn't even talk about, and I know we've talked about it in the past, and I don't want to beat the, belabor the point, but the fact that, okay, hey, you're going to take away just glyphosate? Well, guess what? I still have you know some left on the table here. You know, here's what I would liken this to, Matt. Here's my analogy, because you know I love analogies. This is the Rolling Stones tour bus in 1971 running out of marijuana, <laughs> right? There's still a whole <laughs> fuck ton of drugs on the table that we can go ahead and do, right? But we're just out of pot. So guess what? Let's get fucking high, Keith. Let's get fucking high, Mick. It's about to be go time. Let's bring out the, the speed balls and the heroin <laughs> and the... And the Colombian snow. <laughs> Do you, yeah, I'm, I mean, Ray. Let's go. <laughs> how many? How much? How many? What would be the amount of rectally absorbed drugs do you think Mick Jagger has ingested in his time <laughs> on the road? Too much. Just to make just to make things go faster. Yeah, too much. I mean, and <clears throat> I also have to Can't circle find evade, back no problem. to. Put it my yeah, it'll go. It'll go somewhere else. Now, here's my other question, and it circles back to what we talked about in previous burn and returns. Now, guess what causes a lot of liability for the municipalities here in Hawaii? 
Guess what creates the most liability? <clears throat> Lay it on me. String trimmers. Oh yeah. String trim okay. no string trimmers. Guess what happens when you punch a rock through somebody's shiny black uh you know Ford F two fifty. Guess what happens? Guess what happens when you No, there's no guns, but you bet your ass that the municipality has to pay compensation for that damage. And then guess what happens when somebody gets hit by a flying rock that got picked up off the ground? Flying objects, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then even flying rocks, I mean, flying rocks, you might as well be shot by a gun. So in a lot of cases, me personally, from, you know, an operator standpoint, there's a lot of places where I don't like that kind of a mechanical device because of the high risk to health and property. To me, uh, wisely used herbicides are actually lower liability. Go figure. Yep. Like I said, I think the, the it, those are issues too that if you had sensible people, right, from all mm-hmm. parts of the argument, right? It's not just a this side and that side thing. There there are people that are probably in the middle. They're probably like, eh, you know what? Like, I don't want my kids waiting around in chemicals, but I also kind of like not I don't in- being around mosquitoes and having nice grass and stuff like that. So isn't there like and some kind of middle ground here? Yeah, there is. There is. And then it's like there's also people where, hey, I don't want my freaking truck, you know, scratched up every time you know the the county has to do maintenance because you can be driving past that and you know what you hear pink 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 all the rocks flying okay and i'm just not i'm not imagining that the people that say let's ban roundup because it causes cancer I'm not sure that these people think. Now, as an aside to this, I know there's a company on Maui that is trying to bring in high-temperature steam weed-killing equipment. But, okay, here's my problem with steam, because I use steam sterilization at home in the kitchen. Do you know what steam at 250 degrees is like? I, I really don't, right? No. The, it burns things. It oh. burns things. I mean, you, you, you get it on your skin, it'll burn you. Uh, the equipment that you use to carry that steam has to be properly insulated. Like, I remember accidentally touching the you know non-insulated you know stainless steel wand on that steam gun and i was like wow you know that left a mark so then can you imagine a municipal worker then using one of these uh propane fired or diesel fired steam generators 
and they're dealing with like 250 degree steam. What could possibly go wrong? I'm just saying stuff like that. Like again, that goes back to the whole worker hazard thing. Like what what kind of mm-hmm. situation are you putting them in? And it's not good. It's not good. So I'll be no. interested to fo- follow along with the uh, how roundup or the lack thereof goes for uh, Elo and Miss Vegas and Corey mm-hmm. and and Corey. Uh, uh, C C sucker Corey there um, is gonna is gonna <laughs> creative right us into uh into a, a better a better utopia um out of new york here we've got don't fertilize your lawn after november if you live in new york the cutoff date for fertilizer oh. in new york is fast <laughs> approaching it is state law to fertilize lawns between december uh, to uh wait it is against state law to fertilize lawns between december 1st and april 1st some areas are all, uh, also have local laws about selling and using lawn fertilizers uh the uh, NYS nutrient runoff laws limits the amount of phosphorus in lawn fertilizers and restricts the time of year when fertilizers can be used. Laws meant to reduce the amount of phosphorus entering the state's waters. When purchasing lawn fertilizer, New York's Department of Environmental Conservation, the DEC, recommends checking a bag for a set of three numbers and choosing one with a zero in the middle. The three numbers indicate the percentage of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Phosphorus is one of the leading causes of water pollution. Excess phosphorus in lawns can pollute bodies of water harming fish, and affecting recreational activities like boating and swimming. More than 100 bodies of water throughout the state can't be used for drinking, fishing, or swimming due to the amount of the phosphorus they contain. So the law applies to homeowners, landscapers, pesticide applicators, retailers, fertilizer and pesticide combination products, organic uh, phosphorus fertilizers such as bone meal. The law does not apply to use of product with a 0.67 in the middle or lower, uh, agricultural fertilizer or fertilizers for tree shrubs or gardens or compost. So there we are, and as a good general rule of thumb, you shouldn't be fertilizing your lawn this late if you live in November anyway. Uh, I'd say shit is pretty much checked out already. <laughs> yeah. the uh, This is what the, hey, this is a PSA, right? This is for a, P- a PSA for people who still watch local news and uh, actually get on probably, this is probably like a Facebook headline, Ray. We probably had like 87 comments of, Getting ready to put out my blah 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 blah. Like, I don't even know. There's some, there's some real winners out there in the Facebook. What we what, what, what Facebook crack book or whatever you call it. Spe- Matt, face Facebook crack. Face crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> face crack. <laughs> there, there are some real winners out there in the lawn care space of people that I'm sure are great people, and I'm sure they really, really want to help. But man, when I read the shit, it makes me want to cry. I mean, it's like, what are you doing? Spacebook Lawn Care is the metaverse. It was the metaverse before the metaverse existed. Uh, it's its own entity. It's its own reality. And, uh, and there's, no, there's no common ground or uh, very, very little reality takes place in that. And, uh, and, you know. Are you trying to say that Zuck's, Zuck's going <laughs> to... He's going to fertilize his lawn after December 1st? Is that what you're trying to say? He's going to fertilize something. I don't know if it's grass, though. Um, (laughs) This week, gentlemen, we are brought to you by our patrons. Uh, Thank you, patrons, for all you do and making this reality. If you uh, have the means to do so, you're no obligated to do so. Um, But if you you can, head over there, buy one of us an airport beer, and we will be forever grateful. 
you get featured as uh, at the at the higher tiers. You get features as one of our our producers um, because it's really it's these higher tier people that, that allow us to do the different things that we do. And you also get access to things like you know the show before the show when we do the live recording here. Uh, and if you missed this week's, then that that alone is worth the four dollars to be able to hear because. Um, man, I laughed until crying. I, I legit did. That was, I don't know where it came from. Apparently that was just pin up in me. Listen, I've been helping my son with a, with a book report. My wife and I have in working with a nine-year-old about recalling facts from a story and, and, and what I consider an important detail about the summary of a book versus what he considers an important detail and trying to convey what actually qualifies as an important detail are just on two opposite ends of the spectrum and and i'm just i'm in a weird headspace right now after after dealing with that for a couple of hours um so anyway patrons thank you for everything uh we are just forever indebted we love you to death let's now move into this week's irons Sheila laying it down for us thick, but that's not to take away from the seriousness of this article. Department of Agriculture finds violations in Cleburne County herbicide spraying investigation. This is out of Alabama. A spokesperson for the Alabama Department of Agriculture and Industry says an investigation confirmed IVM solutions violated the law when the company sprayed herbicides in parts of Cleburne County over the summer. Video evidence shows an IBM solution truck spraying herbicides near a child on mailboxes and close to waterways, which is not prohibited by law. CBS 42 reported neighbors' concerns over IBM solution spraying herbicides in Cleaver County back in July. Shortly after we started asking questions, the State Department of Agriculture and Industries confirmed an investigation was underway. Based on case review, violations have been identified. A showcase letter has just been issued to the company. They have 10 days to contact our pesticide management division to set a date for an informal hearing. The purpose of the hearing is to reach an agreement, consent agreement, as to the final enforcement actions, punishments that will be taken for the proven violations. A final action agreement will include a monetary fine, a probationary period, and additional training requirements. At this time, a date for an informal hearing has not been set. Since then, we followed up with the Department of Ag, a spokesperson confirms the order was issued and IBM paid a, a monetary fine. Amy Belcher, the communications director for Alabama Department of Ag, sent an email. There were additional penalties issued, but until the official order is complete with all signatures, we are not able to disclose the details in this order. I'm highly disturbed about that because I feel they made that mistake once. We're taking the chance of it happen again, said County Commissioner Laura Cobb. There is still resolution that says no spraying around waterways and only spray in high-risk areas. She told CBS 42 that IBM's contract was renewed by the Cleveland County Commission. Now that she's aware of the violations, she told CBS 42, she hopes to bring the contract back up for discussion before spring would begin again in the spring. Here we go. You got some jank ass. Listen, we, it, as much as we defend the industry, at the same time, we can be our own worst enemy. There is no <clears throat> doubt about it. It's a big company. You know what, that. Matt? Now, this is like an you know what they're like a eight to ten million dollar a year company. Yes, they're they're and a big they company. How in in these types of things in these types of uh, 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 vegetation management? 
Yes, yeah. they oh, yeah. they're they're contracted to do you know roadside and right of way applications. However, do they not have any sense? Do they not? I mean, Getting because paid by the mile, right? no, because I'm going to tell you the last thing I do is expose children or knowingly contaminate areas or objects that unprotected people are likely to touch. I just don't do it. <laughs> Listen, way to live. You, it, it takes one bad <laughs> apple to make all of us look just, you know, no bueno, right? And yeah, it's, 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 it's an unfortunate thing because we all bear the, the burden of this mistake here. And, uh, and until we act, I'll kind of bring up to DeMay's point about, um, um, the, 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 the Facebook metaverse of, of <laughs> lawn care, right? Because what, what ends up happening in that type of space, not always, but you see more of it than I would say. I would say it's 60-40. 60% you'll see somebody choose the right decision. And 40% of the time, if you see somebody make a wrong decision, uh, people will correct them. Uh, sometimes gently, uh, the majority of the time, not very gently, because uh, if you work in this industry, I'll, I'll tell you right now, not everybody is kind and sweet and all that fun stuff. Nobody's going to coddle <laughs> you or pat you on the ass and tell you life's okay. They're going to call you an F and idiot. And that's just how it's going to be. And you got to learn your lesson and move on from it. We tend to police our own. You know, there's, there's no, there's no lawn care applicator union out there. Um, there's, there's a few different trade organizations, typically at the state level or even, uh, smaller, uh, more hyper-focused, uh, municipal level types of, of trade organizations. And again, in the, in the, uh, uh, social media space, you know, there's lots of organizations too, that you can join there. And, and here's the thing is, you know, you do dumb shit, you get called out for it. And, uh, and, and that's, that's the way it is. Unfortunately, though, what ends up happening, and I can tell you at least what happened in my experience, is that you sound the alarm like that. Sometimes you get banned, and that's people's prerogative to go ahead and do that, too. But you know what? It's also the people that are doing the banning that make the stupid fucking mistakes like this that make us all look <laughs> like a bunch of jackasses. And it's, it's, a, it's a, a horrific thing. You know, I can't help but think of the guy that banned me that um, has no idea how to handle. I'm not even going to go there. Not even going to go there. <laughs> Don't do uh, it. But, Don't do it. Yeah, boy. Uh, sorry, gentlemen. I'm in I'm in rare form here. I think oh, what you were about to do was was I think what you were about to do there in describing him was give a summary of the book, The Lawn Boy, right? Oh, something to the no. I was not <laughs> going to go there. I was not going to go there. Oh, you well, maybe maybe a little bit. You <laughs> certain certain parts of it. Just certain parts, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. So, all uh, all I'll say is this: uh, here's the thing. These are the guys who just got caught, right? How much of this goes on day in and day out? And I know that we sit on here and preach, you know, for the folks that listen and the folks that hopefully will in the future. That it's up to you every single day to make the right choice, to do the right thing, you know, have that professional integrity to make a solid lawful legal application right and when you don't 
maybe you won't get caught, right? Maybe you won't get caught, but is it really worth it, right? And it's not just about you, right? It's about the greater we, right, that are involved in this industry. Because you're right. I think what Matt, maybe what you're trying to say about the the metaverse, so to speak, is that this headline gets magnified, right? It gets magnified, blown up, and everything like that for people that are rooting against us for a variety of different interests, and we're the ones that pay the price. We all pay the price, right? Versus you can just say, oh, well, hey, that guy screwed up, so it's that company's problem, and IVM, hey, yeah, you're a bunch of bastards. Nope, this turns into they're spraying stuff, they're killing kids, they're hurting the environment, polluting waterways, and look, see, there it is. So, again, I just hope that folks in our industry, true professionals, right, the people that want to do it the right way, that should, are keeping that at top of mind every single day. And the shitbags out there that aren't, hopefully they get called out, right? And I'm, I'm dead serious. I've seen people doing stuff they shouldn't have, made a courtesy call, right? Said something. And I've seen, you know, just it, it devolve from there. So anyhow. Yeah, I, I've done uh, it too. I've done I've done it too, Ryan. So you're in good company because uh I'm the guy that uh will rag on people's ass for spraying under high drift risk conditions. I'll rag on people's ass about, you know, not properly protecting their workers. I'll do it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> let's let's crank up the, the crazy bus here. Uh, just for a second, mm-hmm. because if it if it hadn't been spicy enough, gentlemen, listen, we talked about this shit very early on. We talked about it early on on Thursday, Thursday. We talked about it early on on Burn and Return about how when this shit starts in municipalities and it's seen as a good thing, it spreads like wildfire. And oh, and what I'm talking about are in general pesticide pesticide bans. Guess what, guys? Mm-hmm. We got now in the in the headlines. A fucking other one. We've got another one. Uh, it's not just Crazy County, Maryland, which kind of kickstarted the whole thing, right? It is. It's permeating from out out that that area and spreading out. Aside from what's going on in Hawaii, which is its own little north northeast uh, segment there. But here we go. On an early fall day, the city's downtown Foxfield and playground is humming. A half dozen young men shoot baskets, and small children scramble over playground structures. The central playing field is wet with dew and shimmers in emerald green in mid-morning light. Listen, whoever wrote this is special. Absolutely <laughs> special. They are, when, 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 and why I wanted to put this into the burns right here is that type of writing right there, right? Setting this wonderful uh, a view and and you can smell it, you can see it, you can... You could taste the air. It's just everything about that you, you would identify as just an, an absolute, as, as close to perfect as possible, right? And then we're going to shit on it. We're going to shit on it. Because you know why? Because this was an area that used pesticides. It used pesticides. But hang on. Let me continue reading here. The way they set it up that way is because they're able to say it's like that because. We banned pesticides. Last fall, Portland's Parks, Recs, and Facilities Department began organic turf management. Zero use of synthetic pesticides or fertilizers to control weeds and grubs on Fox Field. It took four applications of organic fertilizer, sulfate of potash, 
copious soil amendments, sand, peat, and loam, injections of oxygen to increase nutrient and water circulation, and heavy seeding, while scattered clover and dandelion weeds poke through, and there's one small muddy patch near a soccer goal post, the grass in the heavy-use field is remarkably healthy. Portland passed a law in 2018 banning synthetic pesticides for turf, landscape, and outdoor pest management on both public and private property, and the Parks Department is doing its part to comply across the city's recreational fields. It's 66 parks on more than 1,000 acres, community gardens, and other sites. Many of the most common lawn and landscape pesticides, including glyphosate, are harmful to human health, pollinators, and wildlife. 26 of the top 40 pesticides are possible or known carcinogens, and 24 have the potential to disrupt the endocrine system, among other impacts, according to Beyond Pesticides. Among the more recent laws, New York City in April banned synthetic pesticide use. Maui banned both synthetic pesticides and fertilizers. Late last year, Baltimore banned uh, chlorpyrifos, neonicotinoids, and glyphosate use on public property. Here we are. I mean, come on. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Rinse, cycle, repeat. When we talk about responsible use, thinking about the evolution of the industry, thinking about uh, uh, the, the, the image that we project forward and, the, and, the, and, and taking a second thought of when you're planning a piece of content and putting it on the internet because the internet is, for, is forever, take a hot minute to make sure what you're doing is valid because it, like never before we are under a microscope. And to the guy that wrote in that was said, oh, well, have you considered some of the other turf grasses? A lot of like what you see right there on those other turf grasses, like turf dog or, or, or dog turf or what dog grass, whatever it was, was no better of any kind of cultivar than what we, are, what we already have out here. We want to play with, with uh, 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 improve, um, um, uh, what is it, buffalo grass? That's great. Get it, get it to grow in hot and humid conditions. And I, and I would love to see it around in my area. I've got no issue against it at all. My point is, is that once it starts, it catches fire. We said this was going to start happening. Now it's happening again, just like we said it was going to happen on the fertilizer space and shortages were coming. It's happening. I mean, are are we psychic? No, we're not. We're involved in this. We watch this shit day in, day out. We live in this industry. It's easy to see it coming. It's so easy to see it coming. And for those people that are out there that are thinking about beginning to produce content, keep this shit in the back of your head because I promise you, no matter where you live, there is someone in your community that thinks what you are doing is an absolute disgrace to the environment. And it doesn't have to be that way. And it doesn't have to be that way if you are educated on what you're actually doing instead of just throwing darts at a dartboard and seeing what pile of shit sticks. I'm off my soapbox, but damn it, I'm mad. Well, uh, you know, there, there's a lot to this one. Go ahead and scroll down, Jay Pink. I mean, uh, the one thing in this article I wanted to show that I thought was interesting, and, and maybe it's acceptable, maybe it's not. I think that's the other thing, too, that people lose sight of. But, Jay Pink, scroll down to the bottom of this article. Keep going all the way down. All the way down. So right here, up oh, right there, that picture. You know, Yikes! It's hard to see, hard to see. Yikes! I see yeah. it. I see it. I see it because this is some yeah. patchy, rough-looking grass. Okay, I mean, grass I have I have like no, I have horrible eyesight actually. But what sticks out to me is how 
patchy and thin this turf surface actually is and you know this is your area and your world but i'm guessing that a patchy and thin turf surface is not necessarily a safe playing field well there can definitely definitely be issues with safety i mean the the thing that we look at too is durability and use right so you know, we have mm-hmm. these fields, we have these open spaces, but if we can't use them as much, right, that's certainly a concern. Mm-hmm. Maybe not so much so as an environmental concern in some places, but in others it could be. And so, uh, again, I'm sure that there is a way to look at this and be sensible about, hey, taking away all pesticides and what does that do? So I know these guys here uh, in Portland, for example, I think they funded when they enacted their ban, they funded uh, putting in synthetic turf on one of their fields, <laughs> right? So, again, it seems like a good idea. We're not going to use pesticides, this, that, and the other thing, but we just introduced, you know, uh, you know, rubber, crumb rubber infill that may or may not have PFAS in it, right? Forever chemicals. Or we haven't thought about the downstream effects of where that stuff goes when it ends up in a landfill when this is all said and done, right? Or there's a whole host of issues, right, that come into play there. Water runoff and water quality when that water does run off, right? So, like, again, what, what Matt said is, is true, though. It's scary is not the right word, but it's concerning that this sentiment exists out there and that we seem to be behind the eight ball rather than at the same point, right? At least being able to meet this head on and have a conversation and try to figure out you can't what at makes this sense. point, Ryan. I know. You I know. Google you Google I know. lawns in America and you're you're That's... shit on from every which way imaginable. You there's no more getting ahead of this unless you do something so extreme to demand the 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 volume of press it would take to even begin to register in these types of conversations that you would be ostracized for doing something extreme to begin with, right? So, you, I mean, it, at this point, it is, it's, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's fucked. It's not fucked because we're still here. We're still able to operate, but it's, it's frustrating as hell. I'm just, I'm so frustrated by it because I, you, you feel, you feel like you're, you're swimming in a, in a, in a, in a barrel of a piranhas and they're slowly pecking away at whatever appendage is hanging down in the water that they can get their teeth on. And, uh, you know, just as an aside now, Matt, uh, the second or the minute, uh, Oahu, the island and county that I live in, proposes a pesticide ban like what Maui enacted and what the big island, you know, is enacting, would you be my neighbor? Just saying, if, Matt. If you, if you scroll up, <laughs> Jay Pink, you'll see one of uh, Ryan DeMay's favorite people on Earth uh, in this oh, in this article here. Yeah, did you see Chip <laughs> Osborne here out, out in Maui looking at a bunch of dead grass? And w- can you imagine what's coming out of his mouth right now? He's probably saying something along the lines of that the soil is dead from overuse of... Uh, wait. You, no, you no, got to go. Uh, scroll, scroll down scroll a bit. Down. Yeah, scroll. Yeah, yeah, Scroll yeah. down a bit because, uh, Ryan, mm-hmm. you'll see him kneeling on some grass. Okay, 
I want to know what kind of organic controls are available for weeds like goosegrass and smutgrass on sports fields. There isn't none, and they don't care about it. The, the, the narrative will become that it's a good thing. It's a good thing. A little bit's biodiversity. It's a good thing. And uh, like Chip, Chip Osborne here, I'll tell you, is he is the one who pretends like he is an advocate for the industry, but in reality, all he does is shit on the industry and everyone who works to evolve, who takes careful approaches, who researches before they go full ham, he is the absolute asshat of a person that would say that sentiment is bullshit. And this is why, because, oh, we're going to lead to excess uh, nitrogen uh, nitrogen release into the atmosphere, and it's going to run off in our waterways, and it's, it's because of misapplication. We have soils. that you, you get soils hooked on synthetic nutrients. The soils are, are addicted to synthetic nutrients like like the people in your in your downtown areas are hooked on heroin. And 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 all you could do is is when they overdose is give them a, a little bit of Narcan again and again. It's the same thing with fertilizer and fungicides. We're, we're stuck on this heroin and Narcan. I mean, this is, I'm not saying that's literally the shit that comes out of out of, out of his mouth, but it's it's a bit of his thinking, right? And, and it's a terrible analogy I'm throwing out there. I shouldn't have said that. I need to stop talking. Actually, no. Actually, no. You you hit it right on the head because the way that the fanatics talk about even fertilizer, they accuse me, for example, of addicting grass to nitrogen. But then, wait a minute. Did I tell you, folks, what happens to turf once? that turf has been on my program of, you know, prescription feeding and returning clippings to the soil. Guess what happens, Ryan? It goes to treatment. No. What happens is nitrogen demand and fertilizer demand diminishes because that is now an old established turf that doesn't need as much but the thing, so then that that just flies in the face of what everybody tells me of oh don't feed it that uh you know synthetic soluble fertilizer because if i do i'm going to addict the turf nothing could be further from the truth get real and i and i i think that's the that's the other thing too is that um the the path in a situation like this, and I understand where Chip comes from and everything like that. Like short short answer is this: is that you know the, the pest management piece is only one part of it, right? We're looking at integrated turf health management, and how do we build a program that does that? And it involves more than just spraying and fertilizing, right? That's number one. Number two is that uh, what does it take to get a baseline of healthy turf and then after you go through this remedial period like if you look you know just say this uh field that we looked at here up in Portland you know mm-hmm. what if we were to eradicate those weeds right or get down to a healthy threshold of 5 10% i could live with that if i had to and then from mm-hmm. there right you manage it you manage that to be uh, 
I don't. It just it blows my mind that taking all that away and thinking that you're helping is it, it's just it's just, it's dumb. It really is. There's got there is a better way to do this and a, a way that makes more sense and keeps everyone right, everyone safer. Because yeah, all right, I got to stop talking to. <laughs> moving on. Let's yeah, check moving out this on. Week's returns. Sprung that one. This first one, just the the byline here, makes me want to puke. But uh, I don't know. Maybe there's something to this. Uh, the next big thing for RNA fixing moldy food: our addiction to chemical pesticides. Here we go again with the with the analogy. This is where I came up with that analogy. I'm I'm getting it from the the, the news I'm I'm consuming here. <laughs> uh, our addiction to chemical pesticides comes from uh, comes with a bunch of downsides. New sprays from RNA might offer a smarter, cleaner way to wage war on pests. Of all the fungi out there, botrytis oh. uh, cinerea is the one that keeps farmers up at night. The scuzzy fungus has a voracious appetite. It'll happily munch through hundreds of plant species, although soft fruits like grapes are its favorites, covering everything from uh, covering everything it feeds with a velvety layer of mold. If you've ever left a tub of strawberries in the refrigerator a little too long and returned to find them looking sort of gray-green, there's a good chance that one of the ever-present uh, spores of the Botrytis uh, floating through the air decided to make its home on your dessert. Um, anyway, uh, uh, that single species of fungus is responsible for at least 10 billion in damage. Some estimates put the figures as, as high as 100 billion. It's so troublesome that a survey of plant pathologists ranked it as the second most important plant fungal pathogen and what can only be described as the industry's equivalent of Time Magazine's most influential people list. It's the big one, says Mark Singleton, head of plant and animal health at Greenlight Biosciences, a Massachusetts-based biotech startup working on a new generation of sprays to defend against Petratus and other pests, uh, the bed, devil's farmer, bed devil farmers. Uh, the new generation of pesticides is based on a cellular trick that dates back more than a billion years, at least as far as the last common ancestors of animals, plants, fungi, and uh, protein. Pro- at some point, we're not exactly sure when cells evolve the ability to chop up and destroy genetic material from invading pathogens like viruses. When a cell detects the presence of a double, double-stranded RNA, the sRNA, uh, a stretch of genetic code the viruses use to replicate the, duplicate themselves, it hacks its dsRNA up into tiny pieces. These chunks of dsRNA are like teeny-weeny uh, wanted posters. Molecules in the cell pick them up and use them to hunt down any matching stretches of messenger RNA. Blah 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 blah. This is this is crazy and a lot of shit. I don't understand. We have to have Rocket Man geneticists come on here to explain it to me because no, I um, I kind of understand it, but then you know, as nice and good an idea as as this uh, seems like, Matt. Okay, here's my question to you guys. Given the current sentiment to the COVID vaccine, which is related, which is, you know, is based on, you know, mRNA technology. Can you imagine the sentiment if we told people we're going to go out and release an mRNA product out into the environment broadcast? Can you imagine? I mean- 
No, I can't. And it would be such a weird thing, right? Because, um, you, you know, the, the, the term pesticide has been equated to uh, every negative connotation that you could come across with, right? And um, yeah. In, However, in at this point is is extremely controversial too, right? And it and this is these are opposite ends of the political aisles that you, you know what? Where is each one going to lie? Is all of a sudden the the um the, the the green side of the political aisle now going to be in favor of mRNA applications to fruits and vegetables? And the uh, the less government interference side now going to be like we need to restrict the use of these mRNA. Uh, uh, I don't think it's going to happen it, because mRNA I think pesticide, I don't know. It's because what I think is going to ha- what what I think is going to probably happen is the same you know green you know crop production and green you know environment people. I know they are dead set against releasing you know lab made organisms uh or lab made genetic material out into the environment i mean look at how much they squawk about anything genetically modified because and the the thing is is that i kind of fit people into you know the profile because by the way a lot of the you know, vaccine refusers are not your, you know, don't tread on me or don't give me liberty, you know, give me liberty or give me death people. No, these are the, uh, you know, essential oils and uh, crystal and, you know, and, you know, herbal, uh, you know, people that say, you know, fuck modern science and modern medicine, you know, we're going to do it the ancient way. Uh, and likewise, Demain, <laughs> D- did you charge your crystals at the last full moon? <laughs> no, the eclipse, the, the eclipse actually blo- uh, blocked yeah, them out. So, so I, I, the lunar I eclipse? It. Still, because... That was your chance for a supercharge, Ryan. Yeah. Because the other thing about these loonies, as I want to call them. I use my ego blower instead. It worked fine. Yeah. Yeah. These loonies, they literally think that we should not be, you know, utilizing technology for these, you know, to solve these problems. Well, Goodness sakes, I mean, because by the way, did you know what used to be applied for botrytis on fruits? What they used to... Okay. Iperdione, vinclozolin, or this other fungicide that I'm very familiar with called Captan. Yeah. And the reason why they used to use those is because the shit worked. <laughs> it worked. I mean, that's just bottom line. <laughs> well, and I think that's the whole point. The whole point of this, and this came from an article. Uh, this was a linked article, previous article mm-hmm. I was reading about, where they're trying to take this with fungicides, right? 
mm-hmm. and replace them essentially with this. And so, yeah, it, was, it, it calls into question, okay, can't have GMOs, can't have pesticides, can we have this? Is this okay? Right? Or and are my we... guess... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. My guess is no, because you are now introducing the fungal equivalent of COVID-19 out into the environment. You're releasing genetically modified genetic material out into the open environment without any control over what exactly it does once it's been released. Hey. Just just another uh, tent in the circus of clown world, right, Matt? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, he goes on to, to, to be fair, and I, you know, I have no opinion on this because I don't understand how any of this works. I'm not a geneticist, <laughs> so you know, I just want to make that very clear. I'm we'll let you not, live we'll one way or live. another on this. But it ends, and it says, RNA crop sprays alone are not going to save farmers from botrytis, but they might help cut down on a reliance on other pesticides. Uh, you bring it all together, everything that can help you control the pest. If you bring one single method, it will not work, Panning says. So, you know, uh, uh, everything in balance, everything in moderation, uh, it's all, it, it, it works together if you bring it together, kind of sort of thing. And I do like that particular approach. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of validity to that. All right, I'm going to move on to our last article here. This is from uh, from Bloomberg. A farming software maker said to be valued at $4 billion in, uh, in a fundraising Jeez. round. Farmers Business Network, Inc. has raised $300 million in financing to power its software for the agricultural industry. The latest funding values this business at $4 billion, more than double the $1.75 billion it was valued at in, uh, in a round last year, according to a personal uh, person familiar with the matter who has not to be identified discussing private information. The investment was led by Fidelity Management Research Company with participation from ADM Venture Investment Corp. and GV, as well as funds and accounts managed by BlackRock and advised by T. Rowe Price and Associates. Farmers Business Network could go public as soon as next year. Co-founder and chief executive Amal, uh, what is that? Uh, Desh Pandey said in an interview, we're certainly of a scale where we can IPO without a shadow of a doubt. The San Carlos, California-based business has a platform that helps farmers gather data affecting their business, such as pricing. The company said it will use the new, the new capital to grow both its farmers' uh, FBN Direct and FBN Financial platforms, and also to hire 350 employees. Uh, so, for I don't know how many people know about Farmers Business Network, but it is it's it's kind of like an online co-op of sorts, right? Where you can log in. And uh, manufacturers or distributors can throw in their prices at uh, their products at their prices that they need to sell at, sell at based on where they are and based on where you are. And it'll do all the math for you based on freight and what your order quantities are and how far away you are from the distributor and allow you the opportunity to buy at the best price possible. So very cool concept. There's lots of other companies that actually do this, but Farmers Business Network, uh, I seem to have scaled the fastest. Um, and I'm sure a lot of that helps when you have influencers such as, uh, uh, who is it? Uh, Minnesota Millennial Farmer is a big supporter of uh, the Farmers Business Network. And I'm sure that helps catapults things, you know, when, you know, that's one of the most uh, in your face representatives of of, of uh, young people in agriculture today. And, and rightfully so. I think he's amazing. And I think he's a, just an absolute value and asset to the industry. So kudos to these guys. I think that's great. 
hey, it's the uh, wave of the future, right? It's going to be software. It's going to be tech. It's going to be all this kind of stuff. And it's a it's a industry, right? A whole market that has been ripe for this stuff for a long time. You see where technology's brought it in just a couple of decades and how far behind they really were to that point, right? So, yeah, it's an exciting time to be a part of it. Ray, got to buy some stock, you know, get in there on that IPO. I might, I might well uh, buy in or, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll have to, uh, I don't know, be like the, the Nazis and hide out in, uh, in South America by the time this is all over. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I think it's time for the mailbag. You've got mail. All right, I'm going to do these out of order from the way they exist here. Uh, Nick wrote in and said, I don't know who Nick is, and I don't know how Nick knows this, but he says, uh, what is NYMEC fertilizer and why would I want to use it? Is it usually easily obtainable from suppliers? Uh, no, 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 and it's a concept. Uh, literally, it's simply a concept, and uh, I, no to everything else. There's, there's no reason you should use it. Uh, especially because it is a concept and no, it's not easily available because it's not available because it's just a concept. Uh, and then Joe has a wonderful question here and I'll extend this to all of y'all. Uh, what is your favorite thing about Thanksgiving? Do you go out and hang lights? Do you go get a tree? Do you give the lawn a charity money? My, let's see. My favorite thing about Thanksgiving has absolutely nothing to do with grass. It's one of the days I guess I, I don't, really think about work which might be like one of like a day and a half of the year that i don't think about work so uh usually i already have the tree up in fact the tree is up here in the household so that's good and uh football fattening myself and uh i'll probably put a few cold keystones back i mean why not right a couple bottles of port whatever you got handy (laughs) <laughs> Matt got what about, what about, about, what about you Ray what's your favorite thing about it, Thanksgiving what do you do on it do you give your lawn a charity mo oh lord no uh, I don't even think about grass that day I don't I don't want you see starting uh, Wednesday afternoon here's the rules do not call the green doctor to bitch about your lawn starting Wednesday afternoon because Wednesday night is the night that I start putting the pies and the baked goods in the oven. Uh, Thursday midday is when I put the turkey and the dressing in the oven to, you know, to properly cook. Otherwise, uh, that is a day of uh, you know, family and good food. That's what it means to me. I would say the same thing. Hell no, I don't charity mow my yard because I hate mowing the fucking grass to begin with. <laughs> uh, do I get a tree? Not on Thanksgiving, but I will get one after one because I'm not going to lie. I love putting up a Christmas tree. That's one of my favorite things to do with kids and stuff. Uh, do I hang lights? No. Um I, I would rather not spend money on lights. And uh, what is my favorite thing about Thanksgiving? It's, yeah, just sitting around and having conversations with my mom and dad and kids and 
uh, and wife and, uh, and yeah, just spending time together. I got to say, and eating a shitload of food because I love eating a shitload of food. And actually this year is, this year is going to be special for me. This year is going to be a little bit special because, uh, last year during the middle of the pandemic, one of my cousins got married. Oh. So, no, so I get to meet her husband and the in-laws, and that is literally who I'm putting Thanksgiving on dinner on for. Look at Ray. Look at Ray. Now, clearly, you got to do the uh, the old litmus test. You got to give him a big plate of... Biscuits and gravy, and see what he does with it, just to see if he's. No, I, I, I can't, I can't do that kind of, I can't do that kind of stuff because that would automatically, like, really have me ridden out on rails here in Hawaii. There, there's limits to me. I mean, I, I do have to realize that I'm an enemy. I'm in enemy territory. I do whatever the hell I want uh, in Knoxville or. Or or Louisville, but then not in Hawaii. <laughs> There's limits. He's <laughs> a good man. Good man. Mm-hmm. Matt, take us out. All right. Uh, wait, wait. I, we need Uh-oh, we need oh, the oh, answer what, what, from J Pink too. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, J Pink. Uh, what's the? Oh, the Thanksgiving. So it used to be I'd yeah. go hang Christmas lights, uh, and maybe give the yard a charity mail. So out of this the four of us, right I'm the only one. <laughs> this fucking guy right here. J Pink uh, messaged me today. He's like, one day you want to put you want to put lights on your on your house like this. He knows I'm scared of heights. Fuck no, I don't want to put. Lights I got up the ladder. <laughs> I'm not on the roof of my house. I'm not. I'm you don't not have to get on the roof of my house. Just spot me. Just hold the ladder. Oh, Jesus, that makes me nervous just thinking about Are you it. Gonna, uh, all right, everyone, we ran way too long. I love you all. We'll catch you all on, uh, hey, soon enough. We'll be here soon enough, and hopefully I'll be in a, a little better headspace where I'm not screaming at everyone. Love you all. On the flip side. Oh, oh, oh.